This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. You guys, I use these every single day. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it is so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes. Plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. And when you try it, you'll see that it is what your eyes have been looking for. So check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Hey, everybody, it's Jen Hatmaker. Welcome to the For the Love podcast. I'm really glad that you are here I am absolutely loving this series that we are in right now on the show. We are doing a series called For the Love of Dating, Sex, and Relationships, and it's pretty packed, as you can imagine. Those are three categories that can be their own thing, dating, sex, and relationships, and so we've put them into one series, and it has been incredible so far. I love my guests in the series. I love the conversations that we're hosting because, you know, I mean, let's be honest, it's been a pretty unique experience to find myself single in my forties after a 26 year marriage. I'm new to (laughs) to this community. So, I mean, I hadn't been single since before we had the internet. And the world has changed so much since then, especially in the ways that we meet people romantically. I mean, the apps, you guys, just like so many apps. We're going to talk about that a little bit today in a way that might surprise you. And then for me, at least, couple that with really almost two decades of of deconstruction and reevaluating who I am and what I believe and growing more fully into a person who's less codependent and wanting to flourish independently and help the people around me flourish too. It's just a lot. It's been a whole new rodeo for me in some ways, hard and challenging, but in most ways, really good, almost like a reawakening here at the middle of my life. But this is something that I do know. I mean, I've, I haven't been in it for long, but long enough to know that the way you experience the world as a single person feels different than being in a couple. It just is. I mean, the way you show up for holidays is different. The social events is different. What groceries you're going to get, how much coffee you make in the morning. It's just, everything's different. It's just a completely different scenario. And, and my experience of it comes after getting married at 19. So I essentially had no experience with any independence as an adult ever, not a day. And then of course, there's so many women who have been single, like through their twenties, thirties, forties onward, maybe haven't been in a long-term partnership at all, whether by choice, which is absolutely a valuable and viable way to like live your adult life. And sometimes it's not their choice, but regardless, it's weird to navigate a world that assumes that you either are or want to be in a couple 
And of course, not only that, but that you are a young, cisgendered, straight person looking for a mate to make babies with, right? Or if you're like me and divorced, that you have to be looking for someone to be with so that you can perfectly blend your families. And and then if you don't do those things or don't want to do those things, that you're different because like that's the prescribed dream, right? Pick a fence and all that. So when your story just doesn't fit the narrative, it can feel lonely, right? Or like you're doing something wrong or something is missing. And you guys, okay, don't get me started on church and being single, especially when you're out of your twenties. That is a whole other thing that we're not going to get into today, but just, I know that that's a struggle and that's real. So I think being single at any age, it has its struggles for sure, but it also has its incredible benefits. On the one hand, it can make you feel othered because it's simply the predominant story in our world, but also it can feel exhilarating. It can feel liberating. I obviously am in a relationship right now. I'm not married and I have been independent in my life and in my family and in my home now for almost two years. And it's pretty wonderful to wake up in the morning and know that it's no one else's responsibility to take care of me except me. Because guess what? I can trust me and I am good at it. I am good at taking care of me. I am good at taking care of my people. Therapy helped me to see that. I decide how I want my bedroom to look. I decide how to balance my budget. I decide how I want to show up in the world. I decide how I want to spend my time, how I want to spend my money, how I want to spend my future. Like, of course we can do these things as part of a couple, but these are the gifts that being single and a ton of therapy (laughs) has taught me. And I don't know if I would have learned it otherwise. Here's the thing. You and I are worthy to enjoy life to the fullest right now, like right where we are. We don't have to wait to be partnered to feel complete. We don't have to wait to be partnered to take a vacation to a place we've always wanted to visit, to buy a really good set of sheets, nothing. We can do all those things for ourselves with or without a partner. And so my guest today feels the same way. And she's kind of on a mission to help single people everywhere recognize it too. I loved this conversation. I went over time with her because she's so interesting and hearing her talk was so liberating and so empowering and encouraging. So anybody right now who is finds themselves single in their life by choice or not, or you love somebody who is, you're going to really love this, this episode. So Shani Silver is my guest today. She's a writer. She's a content creator who lives in New Orleans. She's the host of a single serving podcast. And she's written a book called A Single Revolution. Don't look for a match, light one. And it is so good, you guys. Her TikTok is a treasure. You'll want to follow her over there for sure. Because you will laugh. You will nod your head. You will not be able to stop watching until you get to her last video. I think what I love about Shani is that she gets it. Like, She really gets it. And I'm not going to steal away from our interview because she really talks about this, but she knows the shame that people steer toward others because of their relationship status. And even like this, as she calls it, a fruitless, frantic search for a partner for a decade, which just made her sad and exhausted and lonely. So she helps people see, hey, you know what? This is not a prerequisite for a beautiful, big, full life. You can flourish no matter your season, no matter your relational status. And she's not a blanket advocate, by the way, in case you think this, for staying single forever. Those are not the binary choices, guys. She is an advocate for helping single women feel whole and good and liberated and safe and secure while they're single, regardless if they chose to be there or not, and regardless if they ultimately find themselves in a relationship or partnered or even married, because you're a full person right now, just as you are. You're a full person when you are a single person. You are a full person when you are in a couple. And I'm grateful to have learned this in my life, in my 40s. So grateful to have learned this. And even though I am in a relationship right now, I got to walk into it whole and complete. And that has made all the difference. And so I think you're going to love this conversation. I I promise you, this is a liberating, empowering conversation. And you are going to absolutely love my guest today, the very lovely, dynamic, wonderful Shaney Silver. Shaney. Hi. Welcome to the For the Love podcast. I'm so happy to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. This is an absolute joy. 
I was just telling you before we started recording that it was like of paramount importance for me and my, the podcast team, when we were putting this series together, that as we were talking about love and relationships and dating and all the things that that encompasses to have really strong, like representation from somebody whose work is around single women and men. You probably have men in your orbit, don't you? I do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like that is a part of this conversation. It's not a side part. It's not part B. That's a part of this whole conversation. And so I'm really glad that you're here because I love your work and I love what you do and I love what you say and you're incredibly empowering. So let's just jump in here because I'm paying attention to you and the way that you present yourself to the world. And so when I see you, I see this smart, polished woman, you are confident in who you are and what you are here for and what you are doing, what your value is. You are ready to help other women feel the same way, which I love. So I'm curious how you got here. How did you get to be this person that you are today? Because having gained this much wisdom and perspective means you've been through some stuff. That's just how it works. I don't make the rules. That's just how life goes. So as much as you're comfortable sharing, can you tell us kind of what has your path been to get to this point in your life, both probably personally first and then ultimately professionally? Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the answer that I typically give people. And then I will give you the answer that I don't talk about often enough I like because it. It, it might carry some shame for me in the past. And maybe I don't like talking about it as much, but I'll tell you. And this is a very real answer, by the way. This is this is the truth. I do what I do because I was exhausted. I was exhausted after a decade of fruitless search for a partner. Fruitless. Ugh, fruitless. Yeah. And I don't have to explain to your listeners what a what a decade-long search for a partner looks and feels like because they're doing the same thing right now. So you know what I mean? Like I don't have to, first of all, I never go through dating horror stories because I don't believe they're anyone's entertainment, but I also don't want to relive the trauma of them. I don't think that they are, they're not brunch talk and we've turned them into brunch talk, but they are not brunch talk for me. It's really good. It was exhaustion. It was, I can't believe that this is how my actual life is turning out. My actual 30s, are going to be about just endlessly swiping through faces. Are you kidding me? Like I had to get exhausted with that. I had to understand that my soul came to earth for so much more than that. That's the biggest part of the answer is it was simply exhaustion. And I couldn't live any more of my adulthood that way because I was meant for more. And then the other part of it that I don't talk about as much is that I always wanted to say these things. I always wanted to help in this manner. I always wanted to be this voice, but I had to get over. And it's like hard to say out loud. I had to say to myself and then act on this. I don't care if boys like me anymore. I don't care if this scares people off. I don't care what you think of me. I'm going to help single people feel better now. I can do what I want to do and I can help the way that I think I was put here to help. So I let go of needing boys to like me. And now I can say what I want freely and, and confidently. And if it repels you, that's actually awesome. Keep going. Listen, that's a good filter. If that repels you, see you later, guy. Can you talk a little bit more about how you got started? Like, obviously, experientially, you had plenty to say. But there's a from A to B to where you're a person who writes a book about this. Now, this is this is your kind of heavy lift in the world for your community. That's a different story. So how did this become into, turn into this? I am a writer and I have also found out a little bit later in life that I am also a podcaster. I enjoy it very much. It is what I love to do. So I'm a writer and I'm a podcaster and the book had to exist because writing is why I get up in the morning. It's what I love to do. It's it's the way that I best communicate to people. Yeah. You had your rocket fuel, like locked and loaded. What were you doing before? Oh man. I was in New York startup hell for almost mm-hmm. a decade before yeah. I started to work for myself. You know what that's like, you know, you know, that. you know what? Oh man. I Working mean, for burnout doesn't cover it. It's its own grind, but at <laughs> yeah. least it's ours, right? Like yes. it, at least it's ours. So yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. And that was in New York. And then you went, you're in New Orleans, the most magical city on earth. 
I am. I moved last summer. I waited until I felt that I had ridden out the whole pandemic in New York because I didn't want to leave. And then when I felt like I was done doing that, I, I moved to a place where I have a lot of friends and a lot of community and I can afford a home that's bigger than a hat box. It's, it's so real. And I don't know, New Orleans is like its own, it's just its own zip code. There isn't an equal. And I think that is a magical place to find yourself as a creative, as a writer, as a learner, as somebody who like lives wild and like free on the earth, you're in the right town for sure. I want to ask you this. So I told you this also before you and I hopped on, I know how this sounds. Every time I say this, I almost just die, but I got married when I was 19. And so I was this literal, like a child bride. And then I was married for 26 years and then got divorced during the pandemic summer of essentially for all purposes, the summer of 2020. So my foray into the single life has only been about two years after being married for 26. So I'm new here. Things have changed since I was single as a teenager. We didn't have the internet. And so I find myself deeply invested now in this conversation, but I come to it kind of, I route it around this way. There's a lot, we said earlier, there's a lot of ways to be single, you know, people come to it from different ways. And so I have new, fresh, experiential information around some of this conversation that has been so eye-opening for me. Like, oh, oh, it is like this. This is the deal. This is what people say. This is how it feels. So let me ask you, let's start here. And this is a big question, so you can pick however you want to answer, but how does the world in general tell single people in subtle ways and not so subtle ways that they are just simply not as valuable as someone who is a part of a couple? So, I mean, whether it comes from our families or the workplace or some sort of public conversation or representation, however, what are some of the ways this messaging starts early and seeps in? And really makes it sometimes painful to find yourself outside of a partnership in this culture. Well, all of the above, all of those things that you just mentioned are all doing the same thing in different ways. It's funneling us directly toward partnership as if we are wrong for being on our own. No matter what it is, if it's about single people, it's about single people dating. It's about single people finding someone. It's about single people lacking. Every single time, which is why I do what I do to create one space in the world for singles that is not treating us like we are operating in life at a deficit because I can't stomach it anymore. I can't do it. I, and I don't it's, have it's to. It's the ending of every movie. Everyone, no exceptions. Like that's it. You're, you're happy because you finally got partnered up at the very, very end. Yep. Well, I'll go one further because the only show on television, to my knowledge, and I could be totally wrong about this, but the iconic moment that everyone loves to hold up as the, the show about single women was Sex in the City. First of all, it was over 20 years ago. Can we get a new one? But also that show ended with all four of them partnered. All four. That is true. Because it ended neatly tied up in a bow with all of them nice and partnered because heaven forbid it didn't. Yeah, it's so real. And frankly, we start getting that messaging early. I mean, real early, like like in childhood. It starts Do you have a becoming, boyfriend? Who's your right. boyfriend? If anyone ever says that to my niece, so help me. Heads will roll. <laughs> They're children. And it's just, it's so it's so innocent and sweet and casual, right? No one means it in a disgusting way. They mean it in an adorable way. Is that your boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend at school? Why does that have to be something we plant in the brain of a child of any gender when they're children? Right. That's weird. Super weird, right? Just on its face. Let's not even talk about the implications of feeling like you're not really going to be a whole person. To part. That's just weird. There's seven. So, I mean, this is really hard to distill down. But in general, what is your messaging what space do you create? What do you hold open as possibility? What are the sort of best practices and the standards of life that you are suggesting to those of us who are not partnered up? That isn't just like, here's how you just hang on. 
until he comes along. You know what I mean? Like just grip in. I mean, it won't always be this terrible. Like that's not your deal. And it shouldn't be. It's a really simple concept, but we've never heard it before. So it doesn't sound good at first and it takes a while to sink in, but it's incredibly simple. Being single isn't bad. What if being single wasn't bad? What if being single was good and valuable and a really cool, positive, endlessly possible season of your life? What if it was good? And it's it's challenging just the fabric of our brains in terms of what singlehood means, but that's where it has to start. Being single isn't bad. It's a really simple idea that has such beautiful implications because if your singlehood isn't bad, it becomes less about just find someone, find someone, find someone. And it becomes more about find someone that is as good or better than your singlehood. That's worth leaving singlehood for. Anything less is not. That's so good. We don't have a lot of support for that. Mm. Socially, in our families, and our friend groups, all anyone cares about is are they partnered or not? I know. I know. I walked into singlehood traumatically. I showed up as an unwitting new member in a surprising way. I didn't see it coming. And so I wasn't like, it wasn't like a long time coming for me where like I'm headed here. It was more like shock and awe. And so even then, I mean, even then, and everybody knows it, it wasn't long until the number one first question I started getting was, when are you going to start dating? Immediately. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I think it's well intended, but the frequency of it and the like predictability of that question was, it was jarring. Like, particularly because, and I want to talk about this because you touched on it, but I want to get a little bit more granular. Even me who I have five kids, like even then it wasn't too long. And I was already going, wait a minute. I have total agency over my life right now. I am picking what I want to pick. I am investing how I want to invest. I am spending how I want to spend. I am living how I want to live. My time is mine. My choices. It went like this for me. And I just found myself again. Like I didn't, I didn't even know I was gone. And so I know what you are saying when you say that singlehood can be a great and glorious good and a gift and a wonderful way to live in the world. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Guys, it's already allergy season in Texas. My yard is in full bloom and all the things are in the air. So I decided allergies will not win this year. So I tried Astapro. It has improved my nasal allergy symptoms and it's faster, bro. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. So get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go, you guys, today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. And so I'd like to hear you talk more about that. Like, when you just decided to change your mind, because really that's what you did. You went a decade of this. No, I'm done. The end. I'm switching to a different place. Now, what can you like confidently and genuinely say for you at this moment in your life? You don't, I don't know what's going to happen later this year for you, but for now, what are the gifts of singlehood that you love the most? Oh, freedom absolute freedom. You know, everyone wants to talk about how compromise is so essential to a good relationship. And it is, it absolutely is compromise, balance, mutual respect. All of these things are glorious. And I look forward to them one day, but right now I don't have to, it doesn't, I have to compromise with absolutely no one ever about anything. The temperature in my house is my temperature. The scent in my home is the scent I chose. The music is mine. The lighting is mine. The everything is mine. There is no compromise. I sleep in the middle of the bed and I like it. (laughs) There's no compromise. And someday 
I will absolutely do that for the right person. And I genuinely look forward to that. But in the meantime, (laughs) nope, there just isn't a need for that. And also it's just, it's, it's very, I don't, I don't like the word telling, but it's very, I guess it's concerning to me because one thing I do see over and over again is in my work is that there are so many women who are finding themselves on the other side of divorce. All those emotions that you just described are so common with women coming from a divorce space. The amount of women that I've heard describe it as like an awakening and a reconnection to self without knowledge that they'd even lost themselves in the first place. That's really good. And I think I also lead a large community of women and we're all over the spectrum in terms of singlehood, married, divorce. We have it all. We're, we're everything. And this is a common thread. But what I notice is that we host and participate in this conversation in our forties, but I don't see it in our twenties. Like, let's just say pre-marriage when we have these like young, vibrant adult lives, I don't see this sort of foretelling of, listen, this is marriage can be beautiful. Of course it, of course it can be, but this is how you walk into it. And these are the parts of you that are never up for grabs and they are yours and you are their keeper and their bodyguard and their sister and their mother. Nobody will protect it, but you, we only learn this in hindsight. It feels like. And so to me, this is another potentially beautiful gift of singlehood is if we can get it, then what a different sort of marriage we would walk into if we choose to, I mean, if we do later without just handing over pieces of our soul and psyche carte blanche for sure. Or raising women to believe that they should do that very thing. Totally. Like, let's talk to them when they're, when they are in their twenties, when they are dating and ask themselves, what are you doing this for? Really? I like this. What are you doing this for? Because if you're doing this for a ring and a dress and a wedding, we need to talk. That's we right. really need to talk because those aren't trophies. Those are not trophies. They're not. And I think for most women who are able to be self-reflective and honest, most women can look back at some of those early years and see, oh, I knew that there was a red flag here. I felt myself conceding this part of me. And again, compromise is a part of like a stable partnership. So I'm not suggesting that there's no way in which we compromise anything with another person. That's not reasonable. But most of us can say, oh yeah, that felt bad at the time and I talked myself out of it or I ignored that alarm bell or whatever. And so you're so right. Like let's train up the single women in our communities to be confident and secure and have their identity pretty much in hand. So at that point, it better be a damn good partner that pulls you out of that relationship with yourself. It doesn't pull you out of it, of course, but is able to join you in it. And I love your work for this. And another thing I like about you, Shaney, is that you, you kind of hold two things at once because just pretty frankly, you say, oh yeah, look forward to that one day. I'd love to be, that, that might be a part of my future. And if it is great. And at the same time, this. And so how do women balance Wanting maybe to be in a partnership, wanting love, wanting even marriage, and also treasuring the single space that they find them in right now. Like, is it possible to have both? Do do you have to shut the door on one or the other? Because it feels like to me, as I listen to you talk, you kind of gently are holding both. This is real easy. You can do both right now. It's a very false narrative that we've been fed that single women can only exist in one of two ways, either grinding it out in the dating space until they find a partner, no matter how long that lasts and no matter what it does to us, or we can choose singlehood and marry ourselves and all these other weird lines in the sand that no one asked us to draw because we just want to be treated with validity. We just want to be seen as whole. We just want to be respected. And that's the only way by and large, that single women have found to do it. I found another way. You can do both at the same time and you don't need anyone's permission but your own. You can look forward to your future relationships. You can even pursue them to the extent that you're comfortable doing so. Although dating is not a prerequisite for partnership. I just want to point that out. And you can also 
value and cherish all of the opportunity that you have now to live happily. The worst possible day to find out how good singlehood is, is the day you get married. You have to figure it out beforehand because it's lovely and it actually does protect you in future relationships. Because if the fear of singlehood is what's driving you to partnership, or if you're in partnership, if the fear of singlehood is keeping you there, when that's you right. That's yep. a problem for me because this isn't scary. It's not scary. And loving and cherishing singlehood and living it happily, it is not communicating to the universe that you don't want a boyfriend. I can't stress this enough. It is a false narrative in our heads. You can let it go. You can choose to let it go like a balloon. It's not tied to you. It isn't. This is a very easy choice to make. You get to choose to be happily single. That does not preclude you from future partnership. That's right. You're hundred percent right. I am in a relationship with a man right now and I never dated. I didn't do any of that. I was out there living a big, huge, single, confident, stable, secure life in the public eye. And he just came into my orbit. And so (laughs) I didn't do all those things. And here I am. And so I think you're so right. Like this idea that women have to shape shift into some sort of look to attract a man. Well, you probably will attract a man, but you won't want to keep him. That's not your guy. That's not your man. Okay. I'm going to ask you this question. And if you're like, this is what I'm avoiding, but the wisdom that you've acquired in your personal life is so valuable. And so of course, at the top of the show, you talked about a decade of essentially breaking your own heart. I mean, just a fruitless search for a partner that is painful, exhausting, demoralizing. I'm I'm putting words in your mouth, but when you said exhausted, I'm like, I can understand that. Yeah. So now you have this lovely embrace of your life. And also you say there's a possibility for partnering in the future. How have you reframed what dating looks like now? Because that, that previous decade, you're not going to repeat it. And so now if you have your heart open to a person that comes in and is worth your time, worth your energy, worth your loyalty, what does that look like for you now? Do you date differently? Do you date at all? Tell us about that. It's really organic. There is no overt effort put into dating on my part any longer. I deleted my dating apps three years ago and I have never re-downloaded them once. Better still, I've never wanted to. It's very organic. If it comes, it comes. And if it doesn't, that isn't saying anything negative at all. I've stopped looking at my singlehood as a void and I've started looking at it as an opportunity. And when you do that, the urgency feelings go away. The panic feelings go away. And I also want to preface this by saying I am child-free by choice. And I know that that is a massive privilege because there are biological elements at play for women who do want to have biological children. But I I have let go of mine because I have a different understanding of what my singlehood is and what my time on earth is. And I was not put here to scratch and claw my way through the dating space trying to find someone. That's not my job on earth. That just really isn't. So dating is, first of all, it's not often believed or or trusted. When I say that I don't actively date, but I want a partner, it's always like, well, if you don't date, how are you going to find someone? (sighs) Let's remove for a second the fact that he can come find me. I've done my time. He can come find me. But also <laughs> it, it can just be more natural. You, you get to live your life and connect with human beings in a natural way, organically, however they show up. I mean, people have the, done that for centuries. It's the only way people have done it until yes. the dating apps were invented. Like that's right. Dating apps and, and digital dating in general is a very new toy in the grand scheme of human history. So I have removed myself from the dating space and I have developed a sense of trust that what is meant for me will not miss me including partnership. So I live, I just live. And two days ago, a matchmaker friend of mine sent me the picture of someone she knows who's local to me. Not for me, but definitely for someone else. Yesterday, my best friend was like, oh, I should connect you via text to this guy that I know. She did. And we texted for a bit. Like it's, it's not a barren, that's how it goes. It's not a barren world. That's exactly right. But here's the thing. Sometimes it can feel super barren and I want to hear those people too. and, And let those people know that I see them too, because there are 
there are huge chunks of time, if not years at a time where it can feel very lonely and very isolated and you're not meeting anybody. And that was before a pandemic. It's not a perfect space. It's not an if then space. It's not binary code. It's not, if you do this thing, then your partner will show up. It's not, if you do this thing, then you'll meet a partner. No one can tell you when and where to be in order to meet the love of your life. No one can tell you that. And please don't pay anybody money who says that they can. It's just living life. You just live and you have to trust that what is meant for you will not miss you. And I know that's hard to hear because it would have been impossible for me to hear 10 years ago, but I would have needed to hear it nonetheless. So that's why I keep saying it. So (laughs) I obviously came into singlehood absolutely clueless. I'm a hundred percent green, no experience with the landscape. I hadn't really even meaningfully dated as a young adult because I wasn't even an adult. I was a baby when I got married. And so I just hooked right into like the idea. This is now how you meet people. You now, now in this new world, even though it's never been like this in the history of time, the only way that you're going to meet people is on your phone, on an app. So I was like, well, I, I don't know about it. And so (laughs) last year I was like, I pulled up Bumble. I didn't know anything about the apps. I just knew that I had heard for some reason, the women are in charge there. And I didn't really know what that meant, but I'm like, I feel, okay, if I can be in the driver's seat and I I don't, I guess that means nobody can see me, but I can see them. Let me just see what men are like in the world right now. It just means that the men on Bumble have to put forth less effort. That's all that means. That is, well, I'll tell you that I didn't even do like a real profile. I just put my, I put whatever I had to, which is my first name, my age and a picture. And I didn't fill out anything else because I didn't think anybody could see it. I, I thought that what this means is I get to look in at people, but they can't see me. But if I, whatever, that's not true. They can't see you. So I wake up the next day and I've done it at night and I've got so many, I don't even know. And I just, I just shut it down. I found a way to like, how can I not be seen? I felt like an incognito thing. And then I went to my girlfriend's house that night, all married, all married for a long time. And of course, everybody's been asking me for a year and a half, when am I going to start dating? And I was like, you guys, I accidentally made a dating profile and they like freaked out. They're like, give us your phone. I freaked out. I cover my face with my shirt and I start bawling. I'm like, oh, this, this feels bad. I don't like this. Deleted it immediately. Never been on another one. I'm like, I don't like anything about this. I don't like anything about this. None of it. So never went again. So then what happens half a year later, I'm in New York with my publicist and she's like, I have a brand new client that you would just like so much. He's in New York right now. Cause I was telling her, I'm going to stay an extra day and I'm going to go see a show. I'm going to go by myself. I haven't even bought a ticket yet. I want to go see waitress. And she was like, my client is in New York. He is going to see waitress tonight. I should connect you. I'm like, Oh, great. Let's here we are. And like, Shut here we are. Up. And we That's went such a good one. That's it such just a good happened. One. We were just having lunch. Oh my God. I want to, you know what? I encourage my guests that are partnered to tell the stories of how they met their current partner, because I'm tired of the jealousy narrative around these, how we met stories. I want to turn them into a possibility narrative. Anything is possible. Literally anything is possible. Like we shrink our, our vision down to the size of a pinhole And that pinhole is just dating apps and the whole world exists outside of them. Like that story is a beautiful example. And there are millions of stories like that. It's it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I fear for how we're limiting ourselves. When we say the only way to meet someone is on a dating app. No, it isn't. Listen to stories like yours. He was going to see waitress. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, (laughs) I know. And I didn't even, I don't even. I can't even believe I said, this is the exact show I want to go see. I don't even know why I told her that, but I'm like, I just, I want, anyway, we went, we're in love. What is meant for you will not miss you. It didn't, it didn't. And I wasn't looking for it. I was there for work and for fun. And so was he. And so I believe you is my point. I believe you. (laughs) Like I just had spent time on myself and I felt whole. Like I did not feel incomplete. I promise you, I did not. Like I felt whole and love my life. I love my work. I am smart. Like 
I was just a whole person sitting there that day when I got his number in my phone. And so then I just didn't need him to fill in any gaps for me either. I wasn't like just putting my life on hold until a new person came into it at all. I didn't know he was coming. I thought he was probably gay. What, he's going to a show by himself? He wasn't filling a void. He was adding to an already complete life. That's right. That's a different deal. It that really is, is a different deal. I think also there's a little bit of resistance to the idea that a single person, particularly a long-term single person isn't dating because it's not happening fast enough, right? Like I've been single for 14 years. And so it's really hard for someone to hear that I'm not dating. And they're like, well, the assumption is it's never going to happen for you. And we can put that in air quotes all we want. When does never start, by the way? Can I ask? Like what counts as never? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm that metric. I'll be 40 in two months. Is that never yet? Like what, what counts as never? You know what I mean? It's just so silly. It's so silly. But timelines are hard for people because long lengths of time single are hard. They're allowed to be hard. They're allowed to not feel good. That's valid. And releasing any attachment to the correct timeline or, well, I've been single for this long. Shouldn't it be happening by now? No, because it's not an if then world. It's not a logical world. It doesn't make sense. And it's not, I tell people that dating is one area of life where effort never has to match reward. Because if you want to learn a new language, you study it. And then eventually you learn how to speak it. If you want to run a marathon, you train and then you do it. If you want a promotion, you put a plan in place and you go after that. And that doesn't happen in the dating space because you can date all you want and never find someone. You can date absolutely zero and meet the love of your life. Like it doesn't, this isn't going to make sense. So let go of the need for it too. That's so good. And it's so, and you must see this constantly kind of in your orbit, but I just lead out of whatever is true in my own life. So I've lived my story very publicly for the last two years. And so what's been so lovely is how much it attracts similar stories and people. And so getting to like hear from women in my community who are like, I'm 73. I just found the love of my life. I love it. There is no timeline. There is no that's not real. Like it's never too late. It's never, never. And so it's so nice to be able to release that imaginary stop point and just go, there is no stop point. I mean, the stop point is the grave. And so it's never, never, you need to put that on a coffee mug. That's it's so never, good. never. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. I'm obsessed. My friend Chelsea was wearing the softest cashmere sweater in that perfect weight for spring. She told me it was under $50 made by a fantastic company named Quince. And I could shop for my laptop, which is my dream. So I immediately ordered the cashmere tee. Now I want it in every color. Quince offers staple pieces like Chelsea's Mongolian cashmere sweater, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, classic like 14 karat gold jewelry. You can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials, but unbeatable prices. You guys, seriously, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And I know what you're thinking, but Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible practices and premium fabrics, which I love. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash hatmaker for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash hatmaker to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash hatmaker. You guys, how important is sleep temperature? It's everything to me. And this is where Chili Pad by Sleep Me comes in. Its mission is to elevate the quality of human life through cool sleep. The Chili Pad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Chili Pad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees. It's designed for one or two sleepers. So if your partner likes to sleep at a different temperature or you only need it for one side of the bed, it still works. I just put this on top of my existing mattress and voila. So whether you're dealing with night sweats or simply seeking a better night's rest, Chili Pad is here to transform your existing mattress into a sanctuary of cool relief and comfort. Visit www.sleep.me slash FTL to get your Chili Pad and save up to $315 with code FTL. This offer is exclusively available for the love listeners. Only for a limited time. So order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with your sleep trial. 
So visit www.sleep, that's S-L-E-E-P, dot M-E slash F-T-L, because every woman deserves to wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day ahead. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Let me ask you this question, Cheney, because I don't know what your life looks like. In my world, because I was married for so long, almost all, almost all of my like closest friends, my best friends are married. We were a part of the, the married world. And so I'm still in them. I'm still with them. I'm in every group chat. I'm on every trip. It's table for seven. <laughs> I'm always, I've, they've not been left out a single second of a single day. So for people who have been a part of a couple for a long time and want to be good, not just good friends, but part of the community around the single people in their lives, whether they're single by choice, whether they're single, not by choice, I don't care. It doesn't matter. What advice would you give the coupled people for building like incredible, meaningful community with like a diversity of partnerships inside the the group? If you would do it with a couple, do it with a single. If you would say it to a couple, say it to a single. If you wouldn't say it to a couple, don't say it to a single. It's very, very golden rule in nature. Like just be a good person, man. Like it's, it's very simple. And it's the inclusive part is really big because for many people in the single space, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's, it's a pretty predictable timeline. I won't dance around that. You meet somebody, you get engaged, you get married, you have a baby, you disappear. That's basically what happens. And you know what? That's allowed to, that's entirely allowed to happen from what I hear having a baby's kind of a big deal and takes a lot of your time and all of your sure. sleep. So, yeah. you know, I don't get upset when I see my my partnered and parenting friends less. That's the season of their life that they're in. But what I would suggest to people and couples is whatever effort the single is making to be a part of your life, if you can, try to reciprocate that effort. And if you can't let them know why, like this is the season of our life where this is going to be our focus and you'll get us back when they're 12. I don't know what to tell you, but like matching effort, you know what I mean? Making a single feel included in terms of like, if you're having a kid's birthday party, they definitely want to be there. That auntie life is the life for me. I cannot stress (laughs) this enough. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's low responsibility. Oh my God, Uh zero, like zero Uh response, unless I'm like babysitting and I'm the sole caregiver. And then I have never been so afraid in my entire (laughs) life. The neuroses that come out of my Uh pores when I'm taking care of a child. Are you kidding? Like parents are absolute gods, but yeah, like just (laughs) including, including single people, wherever you would include a couple is a really, really good rule. I hope it's not hard. Because we we're still here, we still exist, we still love community. We want we're to be a part adorable. Of we're yeah. funny. We're fun yeah. at a party. We're helpful. So, also, we're very yeah. helpful. At least generally speaking, we have a wealth of free time that those in partnership or parenthood do not have. Like you're having a party. What do you need us to bring? What can we shoulder? Because we would love to. And not to say that people and couples can't. But I've got some time on my hands. Let me help you. Totally. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? and I appreciate that. I like. I worried a little bit at the beginning, like, how is this going to change the dynamic relational dynamic with me? And not just my friends, but all their husbands who are like brothers to me, you know, we are, I'm close to the whole crew. What's this going to mean? And I think I had just seen too many movies. I think of the sad plight of single people at the dinner party. It's just not been my experience. Like on my very first Valentine's day by myself. So it had only been a few months of just like, just complete catastrophic life change. 
my three best couple friends were all going to do like fancy dinner in like steaks and can't like beautiful dinner party at home. Of course I get invited. There's going to be there's So there's going to be seven of us and it didn't even smack at all of pity or whatever. They were like, what are you bringing? Like, I'm not getting out of this. Like, what are you bringing? Like, don't show up empty handed girl. I'm like, life is still beautiful. And being partnered or not partnered isn't as enormous as a factor as I thought it might be. So I have not experienced a sense of being disenfranchised because I no longer have a husband, even though all my friends have one still. Sometimes they're like, how nice for you. I'm like, it is sometimes. Okay. See, that was my question. That was my question for you is, do you think that that might be a result of like long established partnerships? It has to be. Yeah. I think it might be. And that's beautiful. I love that. That's incredibly important. And please, the next time you see all of them, tell them thank you on my behalf, because I think that's a really important thing to be able to tell people about. That's really beautiful. So what's interesting is Tyler, who I am with, is 45, never been married, no kids. He's dating a girl who's married for 26 years and has five kids. We come to a relationship from polar opposite adult experiences. And so it's been really interesting observing what it has been like for our two. He lives in Nashville and I'm in Austin, Texas. And so we we're long distance too. And so our worlds are even in different places and they're both full. We both have big, full, huge lives, neither more important than the other. So it's been interesting coming together in a relationship to see how our communities respond differently because I come out of married world. Everybody's like, Hooray! <laughs> You've got a boyfriend. <laughs> We've been wishing that you would, you know? And it's different for him because uh, his world is largely single adults in their 40s. And it's almost like their guy is straying from the pack. And do you see what I'm saying? And it's not quite as exciting. It feels like it maybe like he's defecting a little bit. Oh, we got to learn to be happy for people. That's not who you want to be. You don't want to live your life as a jealous person. Be happy for people. Be happy. I think that is also true. And yet there is a real dynamic that when you have built this incredible community of other singles as a grown adult, and so you've built this incredible community, I think there really is, there is something to be said for when one of you finds himself in a pretty serious relationship and it starts changing your relational dynamics inside that group. And I'm learning about that too, that that's, those are real feelings. People are going to partner with human beings. That's part of what human beings do. Establish what that means to you. Establish how you feel your importance is maybe being a little bit threatened. Talk to friends, have conversations. To me, there's a, there's a little bit of a possessive nature in that, that we just, it's a burden. You don't have to have that. They're not going away. They're adding something into their lives that's allowed to be added. So let's talk to each other and say, like, I'm so happy for you. This is great. But I, I want to make sure that our friendship is still one of your priorities because it's still one of mine. Certainly. Yeah. And that's true. Oh my gosh, that's so true. My friends are a huge priority for me. That will never change. That's true across the spectrum. The relationships that we already have when we walk into any new thing are precious stable, like valuable. Uh, At least I feel that way. I would never want somebody to forfeit the relationships that are dear to them because I'm new in their picture. That would feel terrible. I would hate that. That's that giving away of yourself piece that we're saying no to. Okay. Before we wrap it up here, I kind of would love for you to give parting words a little bit to the women that are listening, they're anywhere in the spectrum of they've been single their whole adult lives, but they find themselves single, they're divorced, they're widowed, whatever. Again, there's a lot of ways to be single in the world and to get to that point, but just sort of like from Shaney to them, this is what you hope they hear or take away from our conversation today. Sure. You're not wrong and you're not crazy and you're not alone. And this really is that hard. And you have more options available to you than just find someone to make the pain go away. You have way more options available to you. I hope that I have given quite a few. We deserve more 
ways out of singlehood misery than just find someone. And they are abundant. They do exist. That's why I talk as ferociously as I do, because I found them and I love them. And if I can pull myself out of the darkest pit of singlehood despair that exists, anyone can. That's so good. It's so encouraging, so empowering. What a good, different story. I hope so. Okay, last question. I actually ask all my guests this question at the end of every series. And I would love for you to feel free to answer it however you want because the answers we get run the absolute gamut. What is saving your life right now? Oh, I mean, when is iced coffee not saving my life? But I have, Mm. I think a better answer. Have you ever had like a dream forever and then you did it? It's like a, a flipping of a switch. Like I did it. I published a book. I became an author. I did the thing. And then I got to establish I'm an author now. And it wasn't just so I could say I was an author. It was like, okay, next book, let's go. Like, this is what you do now. This is what you've, you've seen that it can be done. You've seen you can do it. Keep doing it. That's what, that's what is like a, I decide what I am for a living. I decide what I am as part of my identity. And a huge part of my identity is my work. And having that is, is a massive change and improvement in, in confidence in place in the world and purpose. And I love it. Oh, you are banging my drum. I say this all the time. Why not you? Like, why not you? When people are like, well, but you know, why not you? It was, it makes no less sense for us to do what we love, what we're good at, what we're meant for than anybody else who ever did it. So what do you want to work on next? What do you want your next book to be? My next book is going to focus largely around self-worth because the first one was really, it was like laying the, like reframing grammar. It is, it is how to stop hating being single 101. That was the first book. And then this is going to really support that mental health, that well-being because self-worth is at the core of so much of what we think about ourselves and what we, our, our thoughts dictate our feelings. So let's, let's, let's talk about how we, how we think about ourselves and how we feel worthy or not. And yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for it. Have you started it? Oh yeah. Okay. I like it. This is so great. Will you just tell like my community where they can find you all the best places to follow you, your book, everything. My website is the hub for everything. You can find my book there. You can find my podcast there. I am on TikTok at Shaney Silver. I am on Instagram at Shaney Silver, but TikTok is way better. I'm on Twitter on occasion, but yeah, ShaneySilver.com is, is a really good starting point and a single revolution. Don't look for a match. Light one is available on Amazon. Yes. Thanks for being on today. Thanks for this Thank conversation. You. I am like so encouraged by it and just energized by it that we're not stuck with these binary ideas that we, there's something so much more beautiful that is possible that we get to create like today. We don't have to even wait, not another minute to create this possibility inside a single life. And so I love it. I, I'm so excited for the people in my community to know you, to meet you, to be under your leadership. And I am cheering for you. Like you let me know when that next book is ready. I will run it up the flagpole for you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. So much fun. Thanks, Shani. All right, you guys, I hope that was encouraging to you. If you are single, if you love a single, if you are raising a single, whatever it is, that there is a different story to tell, to live, to cherish one that is wonderful and full of gifts and joy and wholeness and fullness and possibility. And I really just loved that conversation. And I felt validated by it, to be honest with you. This is not to say that you know, the, some of you are like, oh, but I, I found love on a dating app. This is great. We're not saying that that never happens or isn't a possibility or some lesser way. But for anybody who's just like, those aren't working for me, or I don't think they will work for me. It was just lovely to hear Shaney talk about, you're just not going to miss what the universe has for you. It'll come to you. I just... I mean, of course that was my experience. And so I'm, I'm obviously upholding her theory, but I love the idea of that, that we get to just live our beautiful whole lives exactly as we are and stay open to the world and to people. And when you least expect it in comes in my case, a Tyler, right? So we have so much more in this series, you guys. And 
we try to think of almost every angle. We're talking about everything, singlehood, married stuff, sex stuff, dating stuff. Just keep listening. Download this entire series and you won't want to miss any of it. By the way, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, do it wherever you like to listen to it. Also, if you didn't know this, we're over on YouTube too. We audio and video record every single interview. So if you'd like to watch our conversation, which I'm partial to because it's so fun to see the guests and watch their faces and see us sort of interact together, you can jump over to my YouTube channel and watch. Anyway, subscribe. And then also thanks for always like reviewing and rating the show. That's so good for podcasts. And we read every single thing you tell us. Thanks for your feedback and being such good, loyal listeners, Laura and her podcast team and Amanda and I sure love creating this for you and getting into your hands. And so thanks for being such committed listeners in this community. You're the absolute best. All right, you guys don't miss any more in this series. See you next week.